Hey you guys, this is Dominic from the Joe Schmo Sports Show. We're going to be talking about something that is controversial. We're going to be talking about performance-enhancing drugs. The opinions of our guests do not reflect the opinions of myself, Clint, or Dre, or anybody associated with the Joe Schmo Sports Show. There are going to be some controversial opinions. We do not endorse those opinions. We are willing to have a conversation about this controversial topic because there are some points of view that aren't being addressed for educational purposes. This is a topic of conversation that needs a bit more light on it. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Coming to you live from Southfleet Studio in beautiful cold Hillsborough, North Carolina. I'm your host, Clint Clintonian Webb. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the Dom himself, Mr. Dominic Battistella, and, of course, the man on the ones and twos, Mr. Dre Cameron. And this is the Joe Schmo Sports Show. We're just regular people that know just enough about sports to have this show. And today, we have two very special guests in the studio. We have Mr. Matt Johnson, and we have Mr. Doug Keysweater, and he is the owner of uh, the studio that we are in and, well, or proprietor of the studio that we are in. And we have them in here today to kind of just introduce the studio a little bit. So hear a little bit about Doug and Sawfleet and see what that's all about. And then we're going to get into a conversation about steroids in sports. So before we get into all that, what's going on, fellas? How's things? Dude, I heard I was supposed to talk about sports ball. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, man, I'm going to shit about this. (laughs) We don't need you to talk about sports ball, Doug. We need need you here because because we have this steroids and sports stuff that you said you have a lot of a lot of insight on or a lot of... I don't understand why you wouldn't <laughs> want your athletes to be stronger, more aggressive, higher performers. Well, Daniel Tosh once said, I like my athletes like I like my video games. I think pro athletes should be forced to use steroids. I think we as fans deserve the greatest athletes science can create. Let's go. Anything that will make you run faster, jump higher. I have high definition TV. I want my athletes like my video games. Let's go. Oh, over the top. And I'm okay with that statement. I mean, I'm a, I'm a I'm a you know fan of Barry Bonds being in the Hall of Fame, even though I'm not a huge fan of the guy. You pay I'm, people I'm a fan. millions of dollars a year to perform feats that you can't do. Why would you not want them to be ten percent better? All true. I ten percent. I, I mean, honestly, the best part is that if you really look at like steroid stuff, like if you talk about like like. The Gorilla Chemist is a really interesting page to follow on Instagram. Is a guy who does a lot of like breakdowns of the actual like atomic structure of steroids and what they do and like the marketing behind them. Mm-hmm. Which there's not a lot of doctoral research on like peer review because it's illegal to do that on humans in the United States. So like you got a guy who's like, well, I have a you know anecdotal sample of like people who are breaking the law. Sure. And sure. Uh, when you look at it, like I think that steroids really only provide like a four or five percent advantage over your like max natural performance but that four or five percent at the tip of oh yeah yeah the 99.9 percent or whatever Mm. like the point zero zero one percent that we get you over the edge four percent for those guys is huge well before before we get into all the steroids stuff because that's going to take a little bit longer tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and uh, softleet studios i am a misanthrope (laughs) who <laughs> somehow spent an entire lifetime telling people I would not hold a real job and still don't hold a real job. So some friends and I started doing 
online fitness stuff. We'd all like owned and managed gyms for years, and the opportunity CrossFit gyms, right? Yeah, like I think the the attraction to CrossFit as a brand was kind of fading for us, but the affiliation for marketing purposes was still pretty valid. So as we kind of got out of that business, we started selling exercise programming to other gyms because we recognized like, well, we don't have to have a physical facility. We can just sell programming to gyms. Mm -hmm. And then that became the focus of Softly, which was that we were providing programming for two specific bodies of users. One was guys who are already on teams, so like Green Berets, Rangers, SEALs, who wanted workout plans that worked for them while they were deployed. And then the other body of users was guys that were looking to get in. So we had like a selection prep course to show guys like how to ramp up their training to get ready to go to Special Forces Selection or RASP or whatever. And so now you're the digital content director for Softly. Yeah, there's right? five of us. We all made up whatever titles we wanted. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those deals. sound more important than hey, you are, uh, right? So we know, we know who's in charge. He's the CEO. Right. And uh, then from there on, it gets really like vague. But more than anything, I just field a lot of phone calls all day from people that either want free stuff or they want me to explain the stuff they paid for. <laughs> you know, it's sure. like... So it's a it's a private gym, and you do workout videos. The gym is really a, this is a studio. Right. We don't we like nobody works out here except us. Like we have the podcast, we do a lot of videos and mm -hmm. content, but really that content machine is just a marketing funnel to push people in to pay a monthly subscription for our training and nutrition app. That's it's focused towards the military, but it's very popular with first responders, cops, firefighters. Well, you like have that. a couple hundred thousand followers, so I assume it's pretty successful. Yeah, we're doing really well. I mean, honestly, I hate to like rub it into anybody. Who oh, lost toot their your job horn, Doug. During toot your COVID, horn. but yeah. COVID's been 2020 was a great year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I assume within within like in-home workouts and personal workouts that you can customize for people. It was interesting because we were worried going into it that people having restrictions on their wallets was going to we would be one of the first things they cut as an expenditure and we we saw a slight drop in membership in that time frame but most of those people came back and then we've seen a real big upswell in membership just based on people still wanting to work out in their garage and you know do stuff on their own sure the funny thing about the economy dropping as as it did was that it probably didn't hit your clients nearly as hard as it hit people on the lower socioeconomic well, we, spectrum. We talk so, about that too, which is yeah. to say like we are dealing with an odd captive audience of mostly military guys sure. who are never going to see a cut in their pay or lose their jobs of, based on of course. an economic constriction. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, they get paid first, period. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, sort of. I've been... <laughs> I, I, I've definitely been deployed multiple times when the budget was in question and I didn't get paid for a couple months. So it was pretty rad. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, here I am in Iraq or Afghanistan, and oh, shit, I'm still not getting paid because uh, dudes in Washington can't figure out how to, like, agree on another pork project. Well, I did, you know, I was listening to a podcast that you had. I cannot remember the name of the gentleman that you your podcast is on, but I think we all three listened to that today. And I heard of ways that people used to supplement income while they were, you know, in training or whatever, uh, something came to mind of a phone booth that uh -oh. you had set up. Hey, man, so. I never, I never charged a man for that. <laughs> I never charged a man for that. It wasn't my fault that the no, 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 was... you weren't supplementing yeah. the income. Other people were oh, supplementing sure. the income and getting upset with yeah, you, you about it. it. I destroyed the economy of basic <laughs> training single-handedly. <laughs> yeah, man. Like uh, while we were in training, and like 
it became clear to me that I wasn't dealing with Mensa candidates as drill sergeants. So if anybody's listening to this as a drill sergeant, my apologies, <laughs> but I don't think you'll be smart enough to figure out that I'm actually saying bad stuff about you. Um, <laughs> well, Doug, Doug was a Doug is not was is a Green Beret. I was not when I went through basic and, training, right? And no. then he was in you know he's Special Forces Green Beret, and we'll get in we'll get into the to the what you did for that. I think that's a good that's a good topic for the next show. Right on, man. I was just uh, so I was yeah. just trying to get over all yeah. the time. You know? <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, you'll hear about that, Matt. You'll very much enjoy that. So the reason that we have both of you in here today is to talk about steroids and sports. So Matt was an amateur cage fighter, Mr. Matty Ice himself. So he is and Doug has this a lot like of tough. this was it started off as like something I want to be interested in. I was training since I was about seven years old in Taekwondo and my mom was like, oh, we're going to toughen you up. Show karate. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're throwing leg kicks and all this kind of stuff. And exactly. Yeah. Wax on, wax off. So you went from Taekwondo I went to from Taekwondo to Greco Roman wrestling. Okay. Uh, getting into that. But going from that to a little bit of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu into Muay Thai and then Muay Thai to Krav, Krav to the Mi'kmaq program. And just dabbling in all of that kind of stuff. But along my middle school age, I started getting into more competitive fighting. And we started doing, you know, this is when the UFC, the UFC was big in the, I want to say what, early 90s, late 80s. That's when it was like bare knuckle kind of crazy. Dan it was, Severin kicking ass. Right. Yeah, it yeah. became a little bit more regulated when I was in eighth grade. And I'm dating It's got to be Rogan times, right? Like so that's, White and Rogan. I don't think that Rogan no, came into no, the No, no, no. Rogan was okay. still doing Fear Factor at that time. Okay. But, Eat you know. the worm. Yeah, I mean, he was doing some crazy stuff. <laughs> but it became a little bit more regulated when Dana White picked it up. And it started getting bigger. And I'm talking about when Tap Out first came out. Yeah. And now I if you see somebody tap wearing Tap Out, you're like, mm, douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> Instantly douchebag. No, actually, I, I immediately think I don't want to get in a fight with that guy. He'll win. Yes. Right? <laughs> True yeah. story. And it's always the people that you look at that have the invisible lat spread going on, the people who did the roids, but didn't get anything out of them. They just Super got weird. You, it's I, w- I don't understand how one day a week in the gym and all these steroids aren't mm-hmm. working out for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like I'm eating all the crap and they working out. They told me when out. I did train that I could eat whole pizzas. I'm in a, I'm in a bulking phase. Right, yeah, permabulk. <laughs> it, it, there's like this classic kit that you see with these guys, and it's Converse's, it's sweatpants, monster in the hand, you know, hoodie on in the gym. Tap out guys? Oh, tap out guys mm-hmm. all day long. And all they do is that one right now. So, so, you were going, so you were getting into cage fighting? So I was, I was getting into that, and I was working with this dude named Mike out of Morseville, and he was trying to get me ready for some stuff. I started off in parking lots with friends just beating the hell out of each other. Kind of like Fight Club. A little bit like okay. Fight Club, except we talked about it nonstop. Kim- Kimbo, oh, yeah, 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 Kimbo yeah, Slice, yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, man, yeah. you don't want him to show up at your party. I don't know, he got knocked the fuck out. Whatever. Kimbo, <laughs> Kimbo big dude. motherfucker, though. Yo, yeah. He's <laughs> not. He's not. I saw him at the airport. He has His crew's huge. Like, mm-hmm. the guys that he rolls with are all big, big dudes. Maybe that's why but he's like smaller. I, I, he, he couldn't have been much more than 5'8". I mean, he's big. Oh, he's, he's swole. Like, yeah, swole yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not, yeah, yeah. he's not a big dude. Yeah, right. he's like Tyson. I wouldn't want to get hit by him. So Bro. there's a lot of guys who you no. look at and you're like, on, on TV or on a screen, you're like, wow, that's a big dude. Mm-hmm. And I've met some big dudes. And it's funny because like, you, you go from a fighting style to you look at even like bodybuilding. And you see guys like Jay Cutler. You see guys that like Phil Heath. You see all those guys. They're gigantic in muscle. like They look super 3D. But stature-wise, they're not that big right they're so like they're short five, and five stocky five eight yeah. yeah and i think uh, ronnie coleman was oh i love ronnie he's coleman. only like five six isn't yeah he? he's not he's he's five eight he's Is not he? very tall yeah but, but he's, he's also 300 pounds yeah like dry custom dude, uniforms for his dallas PD I mean, gig dude dude's got <laughs> veins bigger than my arm yeah but so, now he can't walk well so i mean that, so back to the thing with uh with fighting I, I dabbled in that since i was about seven years old and i just kept following up 
with it and stayed in touch with it. I actually came out of that and I did a lot of stuff in the Marine Corps with it, got out of the Marine Corps and I just like him got into the fitness world. And in the fitness world, I worked for a big fitness company for five years total. And then it did, just like you said, it affected a lot of people with COVID and I lost my job. And I was a manager in a you know billion dollar fitness company. Right. And well, all those, all those gyms closed practically all across the country. Yeah. Right? So, you know, we, uh, we got not well, because of furloughed. any proven metric that demonstrated COVID was spread in gyms. Right. So they I'm just saying. No. They released yeah. a couple studies. <laughs> Regardless, it happened. Yes, yeah. Right. It definitely. Yeah. So, you know, we, 60... it's weird that private companies allowed the government to tell them that they could close their doors, mm-hmm. but now they're complaining that private companies are kicking people off of their social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, that's uh, a good point, Doug. The we'll company get to that with next podcast furloughed <laughs> sixty thousand people in one shot. Yeah. Now the first week that we were there and getting our furlough, we're like, oh, we're gonna have a you know a week or two off. We're like, this is gonna be fine. It's gonna be a week or two off. It's gonna be great because we were putting in. If you're in the fitness industry, you understand that when you're in sales, you are busting your ass to try to make a dollar. And sure. every single sale, it's a grind, and you're spending hours uh, and hours yeah. and hours in there doing trying it. to convince people that uh, their star- their their daily Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. Is the equivalent. Come to a gym. So Don't you know, my own Starbucks. You have somebody who's <laughs> overweight, or you got a dad who's just like, "Man, I'm too fat. My wife hates me, and I'm on the verge of divorce. And my kids are driving me crazy." And they come into the gym, and your only job is to convince them that with enough blood, sweat, and tears, that they can have the hopes and dreams of getting that six pack back again. And they leave the gym with those hopes and dreams on a little plastic card. Never going to happen. Good and they never, never going to happen. I'll say, and then never it's up to them, happen. right? So, so the, the gyms are full. What's the, the the gyms are full from January 2nd through so January 15th? Yep. No, I'd say March. <laughs> we, well, so just to be transparent, I worked for Lifetime. Okay. And for, and I don't work for them anymore. The so. entire business model is based on uh, 90% non-participation rate. Yes. So not Lifetime, yeah. Planet. Oh. So uh, Lifetime's yeah. uh, member usage is actually insane. It's, is it really? It's through the roof. You know, we have... Lifetime's got the nice facilities, right? Yeah, like Planet like Fitness is just so cheap. Kid care. Your low-end facilities, which is like a, we call a small box club, we have roughly you know 7,000 to 10,000 members, depending on the club. And you'll have about 5,000 of those people using the membership regularly. The big That's, clubs, the crazy clubs. I wish I worked in one of those for three years. They're like Disney World. They are. <laughs> yeah. They're at a minimum $50 million buildings, and their profit margin is roughly a million dollars a month. Mm. Yes. Yes. But okay. the reality is, from a gym perspective, you don't have a lot of people like giving each other intramuscular injections of steroids at, at the, gym. the gym. Okay, right. so that's not going on at the gym. The sell, the selling of that product, the transfer mm-hmm. of that product in the gym, I can tell you right now, I personally saw over, if I'm going to guesstimate, 50 grand worth of actual steroids being moved in that facility. Well, that's like not, that's not, that's very, not, that's it's not, not very much. No, it's not I a lot. I mean, what it ends up being things. is that most of the personal trainers move it to supplement mm. their income, which is pretty shitty. Yeah. And a lot of times, those personal trainers will partner up with the salesperson. Yep. And, um, Tell me the dude that looks like he needs a quick bump. Yeah, no doubt. I'll right. give him an eight ball and yeah. some testosterone. I was about to say it's probably <laughs> steroids are probably not the only thing going out of there. Um, so how Absolutely did you not. see it? How did you see it in the cage fighting so, arena? Whenever you got involved, so I'm going to say right now, you you can't have somebody naturally who is you know a buck forty five, buck fifty five, grabbing dudes who are 200, 300, like 200, 300 pound guys they're sparring with and throwing them around like rag dolls. You just you physically can't maintain that. So when you see guys who are training nonstop, and yes, these guys are putting in work. Don't, like, there's a huge misconception that when you take steroids, that all of a sudden you're going to get jacked out of your mind, that you're going to go, your strength is going to go through the roof, mm-hmm. that you're going to turn into superhuman. All steroids allow you to do is to train harder and recover, and recover faster. Yep. Right. You're synthesizing protein faster than the average person. That amount of protein that's being synthesized 
just allows you to build more muscle. Now, the other misconception is that when you take steroids, you just get like just gigantic. Steroids can be used for cutting. They can be used for mm-hmm. bulking. They can be used just to yeah, sustain. They increase metabolism. Correct? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you got to eat a lot more. Yeah. You have to. You have to. And mm-hmm. there's certain steroids that are like trend. Well, if you use trimbolone, it's one of those things where it. If you take in the carbs, you actually get better results with it as far as putting size on. But mm-hmm. as soon as you cut the carbs, you start getting shredded. Now, when I say shredded, I mean you start just losing body fat faster than the average person would. Sure. That being said, steroids to promote incredible blood flow ability and then your pumps are way, way better. Well, they all have different characteristics. Correct. So like, you know, there's there's sprinter drugs like Winnie, et cetera. Like there's things that are better for certain purposes than for others. Right. Like, like building strength and you would never take trend and be a sprinter. No. Trend kills your cardiovascular system. It actually makes it harder. So I mean if you take trend most testosterones, uh decadravel and a lot of those increase your interstitial fluid levels too, yep. which is very like it's a weird thing, but it basically it limits your lung capacity because you're retaining mm. water right. in your internal organs. Yeah. So it like limits the expansion of your lungs and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not a scientist. Right. <laughs> so on a on a personal note, I w- I'm naturally 175 pounds. And I don't know if this is this going to be visual or no. Mm-mm. No, no visual. I'm right. two- uh, just, just to be fair, I had estimated him at about 230. <laughs> okay. So I just weighed in today. Yeah. I just weighed on the scale fully clothed at 223. Okay. My so you first- were really close. My yeah. first cycle. It's the arms. I did. Uh, I didn't train arms. I trained legs today. That's the thing. Well, Hypothetically. Just, your arms are swollen. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> Oh, man, fuck that. <laughs> whatever. It doesn't even matter. I mean, if someone wants to complain about me or tell me that I'm going to hell or whatever kind of opinion somebody else has for about to me to, for trying to be better, to better myself, you eat a dick. <laughs> so, you know, so I went from 175 pounds my first cycle. Within 12 weeks, I was 210. That's that's, uh, that's a lot. It's a big that's a lot growth, of right? That's 30, a lot of so pounds, yeah. me personally, I was like, all right, I was working with a coach at the time, and I ran my first cycle of just straight testosterone. I was doing 500 milligrams a week of testosterone sipionate. And I was monitoring my blood. I was getting everything done properly. I was monitoring my diet. And my whole goal was to get over 200. Because that's the only way to chime in in a man-sized conversation. <laughs> Honestly? Dude, dude, literally every big dude I've ever hung out with is like, shut up. You're too skinny to talk in this conversation. You're like, what's the barrier to entry? Two hundred pounds. pounds. So, so Doug, we'll <laughs> right. we'll come back to this at another point. That's, but. that's funny because that's my goal to get to. But, <laughs> see, I, I want to get to two hundred, maybe two twenty would be uh, advisable. But I'm going this way. Well, yeah. see, Down. here's yeah. the thing: is that Doug, Doug was uh, in a catch twenty two then because he he, w- he would have to be two hundred pounds to go in a grown man conversation. He would go home and his wife tell him he was fat. Ah! Oh my god, I'm a fat guy. So it was like, like, (laughs) you're not entirely wrong. Like I came back from my first Afghanistan rotation at like 215 pounds. And my wife is like, oh, those MREs will stack it on. She's like, why are you, why are you so fat? (laughs) I got got juicy titties. What what is that? (laughs) And then she thought I had gotten a skin condition because my back was erupting like Mount Vesuvius. And I was like, well, you know, it's just the the sweat, the the bad water and the body armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Pakistani Pakistani pharmacy was yeah. making significant amount of money. So we were getting our stuff from Turkey. It was getting shipped in from Turkey. So Turkey how did it affect stuff. you and others that you saw in the ring? So in in the ring, it I I never fought on it personally, but I did see guys that were actually sustaining their their weight and their size and the musculature a lot longer and staying in that peak performance period of time that you have. Because when you have a fight, typically guys will cut down certain weight or they'll either go up to hit certain weight classes. The guys who were on stuff, it did make it a little bit easier for them to to maintain where they needed to be or get to where they needed to be. The endurance was a little bit better. The strength was a little bit better. 
you were able to hit harder. You were able to, to move faster. You were able to do all these things, but it did not cause you to be a better fighter. I'm using air quotes because the skill technique, the te- yeah, it, it yeah. all comes down to technique. Sure. You can be a 300 pound monster mm-hmm. at 2% body fat. Mm-hmm. But if you get in there with a guy like a Gracie brother, or you get in there with Conor McGregor, any of those guys who have the technique, they'll, they'll hit that guy. Oh. They'll knock him out every single that time. That was always my argument for Barry Bonds. It's like, yeah, it may have made him bigger, but it didn't change his baseball skill. Well, yeah, he thing, was a surefire Hall of Famer before, before he, he went to we should yeah. We should really talk about the fact that like, if his head size, if, if you're a, if you're a lily white handed church goer who doesn't want to do performance enhancing drugs. Don't. You shouldn't be a professional athlete. That's very true. <laughs> like, right. well, and no, if you, you if you, you, cert- you certainly could be a professional athlete, but well, you got to be don't funny. Get, you go, you <laughs> like Yogi Berra, right? But is is your point maybe that you don't get to bitch about the people that do? No, or, no, no. The or, point is that you're competing. Like you, the known playing yeah. field is a bunch of people who are paying money to be on a program. Yes. And if you're not on a program and you want to compete in professional sports and all you want to do is bellyache that these other dudes are cheating and that's mm. why you're not as good at them, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't well, be in sports. Yeah, I get so, that. So, in professional sports, yep. and let's talk about like the majors, right? Yeah. What percentage of athletes do you figure are utilizing performance enhancing drugs? Ninety nine point nine. percent take out UFC from this. No, no. no I mean, okay. like, I'm talking about football, baseball, ninety nine point nine percent. All yeah. that of yes. some sort. Yeah. You talk about recovery or bulking, it, it or doesn't. This is where things get super spicy. Okay. There, <laughs> yeah. there are doctors mostly from Florida, who contract their services to every major professional sports team, to my knowledge. Like, I'm not, like, it's not like I'm looking at the transfers of money, but I am aware of multiple doctors who are consultants for professional sports teams as anti-aging specialists, as functional medicine doctors, as, and all of those things involve very carefully curated prescription-based performance-enhancing drugs. TRT. Yep. Testosterone replacement therapy. And it's literally going, hey, man, we've just cut out the middleman. Now, we're not... It's not like the whole what was what was the baseball scandal? The IGF one? No, no, before that when it was it was part of it. Yeah. But it was like the growth hormone combined, but it was the doctor who wasn't a doctor. In right. The Florida. Barry Bonds doctor, Jose yeah, Canseco's yeah. Jose doctor. Canseco, yeah. Right, sure. I yeah. mean, he had all those guys back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, name yeah. of the company, whatever it was, there was a big scandal on it and it was funny because they I did it. they did this like movie where the kids reenacted the adults oh, roles. Yeah. It was a bunch of like ten year olds pretending like they were adults and like they had wigs on and stuff. It was pretty hilarious. But like that was brought into question because Balco. Balco. That's the one, yeah. Yep. And those guys were doing it in fits and starts. But A A Rod was the big the one that really boiled over because he's being a petulant kid and he was trying to like roll on other people and like act like he didn't do anything wrong. The attitude in sports is if you're on if you're on a program, you can't talk about it. You have to publicly deny it, and you have to shame anybody else who might possibly be on performance enhancing drugs because it's the only way to protect yourself from the fact that you're doing it. If ninety nine point nine percent of them are getting caught, or and not getting caught, it, when they're it, doing, are it. doing yeah. it, one, how are they not getting caught? Money. And two, they have a program, and they, the program is specifically geared. If you look at the Balco thing, the guys who got caught violated the program. They literally weren't taking the dosages as prescribed by their air quote doctor. Right. <laughs> and therefore, when testing time came around and they were out of sync with like the actual like breakdown of the, the different substances, they're getting caught during drug tests. And it's the same thing. Like you guys watch the. How are the guys getting caught now? So if you notice. Same way. If you notice. And this is. All right. So I'm going to get into. This is a conspiracy theory. I'm going to say it. Ooh, I love right, it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm going to say it right out front. 
if you look at places where drug testing is prevalent now or becoming more prevalent, areas where it was the Wild West before, where every, everyone clearly was doing steroids, cough, cough, CrossFit, CrossFit, um, UFC, cough, cough, UFC, right? They're doing quote-unquote unannounced random drug tests of athletes, right. but they're not testing. Okay, so it's they're, just a they, farce. Well, no, they're testing, but they're not testing premier athletes. Like, if you look when the scandals happen and people are pissing hot, it's all mid-tier athletes. Mm-hmm. They're just famous enough for people to know who they are and it, like, to mean something that they're censuring them. But, like, you're not talking about, like, Tom Brady isn't getting... I was just going to yeah, say he's not Tom gonna Brady. Get pissing, he's not going to piss hot mm-hmm. for freaking testosterone. No. Because Tom Brady knows, like... The NFL can't have Tom Brady right, <laughs> piss right. hot for something. Right, right. They're also right. giving up a guy, not not the Tom Brady's and not the guys who are the top tier guys. But and they'll give up a Will Fuller. But they will. They will because it's a head to roll. It's someone yeah. to focus on. It's somebody hitting that famous number. enough. Yeah, it's hitting that number, yeah. but not exposing the people who they actually make the real money. Yeah, because you don't. Sure. And you're talking about a closed plate. I mean, this is a like they're voluntarily drug testing. This isn't like the Olympics where there's an uh, overarching drug testing plan to make sure all these amateur athletes aren't cheating. Which Unless is you're ho- Russian, which is hilarious. <laughs> but no. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like, if you look at the Icarus movie, the documentary about the Russian doping program, the U.S. literally, like, half of the reason the U.S. was trying to get people to come and defect from Russia was we could model our program Mm. after the Russians. Because we, too, like, we developed the use of TRT on our Olympic athletes because we wanted to win medals. Well, so if I'm not not mistaken... To my recollection, anyway, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I think Michael Johnson was the first big Olympic athlete to get caught He was on winning, doping. wasn't he? I think he was on winning. Yeah, and that was in the 80s, but early saying, 90s. This is when, wait, but I really want to wind back a little bit. Which Talk about say, 1940s? Yeah, I mean, please. testosterone is a natural occurring yes. hormone in your system. Everything that's happening, that's like a, all of the chemicals that guys are taking, not all, but a variety, are really just boosting a naturally occurring hormone or, you know, some sort of naturally secreted product in your body. We know what's in it and we know what the consequences of using it are because it's just a natural, it's a yes, it's exogenous, it's not naturally occurring in your body, but it is something we know what it is. And it's hilarious that in modern medicine, we're cool with giving people antidepressants, SSRIs, a bunch yeah. of things that fuck people up yeah. to fix problems. But it is forbidden to engage in like administering natural hormones to people who have problems. Well, that's like talking about you know going from testosterone and TRT dosages, which is you know 125 milligrams to 250 milligrams, depending on how liberal your doctor is. Like I'm on I'm on uh, doctor prescribed, and yeah. I take like 60. 60, and okay. And my, my baseline testosterone numbers are like in the 700s. Okay, so when I had all my blood work done, and right now, I'm actually, I just started a new cycle of TRT dosage, and my TRT dosage is going to be one full cc of 250 milligrams, so I'll pin yep. uh, Monday and Thursday, and that'll put my levels somewhere around 1,000 to 1,200, but I've been on... I was on a higher dosage I've done a for gram. like two years. Yeah, I did a gram a week at one and point. And when I brought my dosage down, my actual free testosterone went up. Right. So, so like I was on too much. Less is more sometimes yep. with this stuff. And it's that's why you should. And but this is also like to, to clarify, because we're talking about this from a sports standpoint. Right. And then we're talking about it from personal use. Right. Um, especially the way that our society is right now as far as like stress with work environment and for people who've deployed and been exposed to toxic exposures, the reality is that our endocrine systems are suffering greatly. So you see a lot of people in their 30s with dangerously low testosterone levels 
from their sleep, their diet, mm-hmm. their lack of exercise. You your can fix those things. Speed up too. I fixed those things like naturally, but what I find is if one of those things went awry, like if I didn't sleep for a while, then my numbers would tank. I'd feel depressed and have issues, and I, I could go grind through it, but it just wasn't like it wasn't a good life and I thought I was losing my mind. So like the idea of using TRT from a medical standpoint is vastly different in my mind than using it from a performance standpoint. Well then let me ask this then. So why is it frowned upon or not frowned upon is straight up illegal in sports to administer something to yourself or have a doctor do it that makes you heal faster? Hey guys, thanks for joining us for part one of our conversation with Doug and Matt about performance-enhancing drugs. We're glad you joined us. To hear the answer to Clint's question, you're going to have to join us in part two. We'll catch you on the flip side. Cut to the theme music. Music.